welcome to Elite Rugby Banter, the podcast about rugby. I was going to say Happy Easter to everybody that celebrates Easter. Um, and yeah, uh, the lockdown around the world is continuing. Uh, ben, is uh, is Easter being celebrated in, in Mauritius at this stage? I assume it uh, is. Uh, Mauritius, like Mauritius is predominantly Hindi. Oh, but, I did not know that. But um, yeah, everyone's <laughs> pretty like... Like everyone's it's such sort of an overreaction. It's a pretty major religion, you know. Like, it shouldn't yeah, be what? Like that, that's weird. <laughs> like you yeah. said Rastafarian or something. No, like. I'm sorry. I assumed, uh, like the, I don't know, the majority of sub-Saharan African countries are, are Christian, you know. Uh, they, you get some exceptions. Yeah, but Mauritius kind of does its own thing a bit. Um, but yeah, Always. but actually, so everyone sort of celebrates each other's holidays quite nicely. So the main sort of ones that's, the the Hindi holidays, the Muslim holidays, and the Christian holidays. Okay. But like, say, all my like my Hindi colleagues and stuff, and my Muslim colleagues and stuff, are all like Happy Easter and sharing photos of them with eggs and. Oh, that's nice. So yeah, like like everyone sort of celebrates each other. So it's actually quite a nice little harmonious little well religious kind of utopia anyway. No one really gets too offended with, oh, with yeah. anyone else, which is quite nice. Oh, that's nice. So hence you're on the pod to 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 channel your frustrations yeah well I, I, actually i well that that's one of the things though because all the religions are sort of equally we don't actually get easter as holidays oh. but my but my company we like a, a a western company so the whole globally we off for easter so we just take it even though it's not a public holiday winning no. well, sounds, sounds like korea i also didn't have time off last year yeah well, it's I, very, I do have it's time. Very island, it's very island attitude, like just yeah. any excuse, any excuse for holiday. No, it's no, true. this is this is com- this is company policy. The rest of uh, the islands uh, working today. Okay. But it's just that it's it's pointless because I only deal, I don't deal with anyone locally, so uh, there's true. no there's no real point in me being what well, I was going to say in the office, but mm. me working today. Mm. Um, Matt, you're in your own island, as is Alex, the island of Cape Town. In a sense, it's okay. Man is, no, man, no man is his own. <laughs> oh, bless you. How are you? Um, how's life on... I understand you have the mountain. Well, can you look at the mountain where you are? There's a flat overview where you're staying. You're not, you're not allowed to look at no. the mountain. Oh. Mountain's behind, behind my flat. My flat's facing the other way. So you see the bowl? The city bowl? Yeah, essentially. Oh, okay. Well, you can see the sea, I think. So otherwise, yeah. how's, how's lockdown going? Are you, you brying? Uh, lockdown's going good. No, not brying, sadly. I don't have a brier. Uh, if you'd listened to the episode last week, <laughs> I brought that up. <laughs> Cla- classic Adam revealing, like, within five minutes, listen to last week's episode. I've been very busy, okay? So, have you, Adam? Have you? I have. Work's been very hectic. Um, and, I, and I got, like, I've like, been yeah. weird. They're like, they're, like, three. Like, Adam's in, like, one of the three sort of non-essential services that are still, like... <laughs> Grafting, I think, harder now than they did before. No, it's true. It's it's, it's pretty. Intense. Is this all? Is this all organizing pub quizzes and stuff, or is it actual work? <laughs> no, no, no. The pub quiz is vital for company morale, um, and in the bottom line, that morale turns into, I'm sure, like a 1.3 percent productivity upturn. You know, you can't really put a price, Ben, on internal cohesion. Okay. I thought you just did. You just put a price 1.3 uh, yeah. percent. Well, that's, yeah, that's like Dad, clearly quantified it. Don't listen to what I say. Just do as I do. <laughs> okay. Thank you, thank you, Henry. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 
yes. Speaking uh, of which, sorry, can you can you send me your pub quiz? Actually, I want to I want to share it with my wife's quiz group. Uh, they're looking for like yeah. I offered I offered them our rugby quizzes and they turned up their noses. I can get send you the South African questions. The the first yeah. the first ten questions are about people in the company and our company itself. So, oh, that's fine. I'm sure. I'm oh, sure, no, like, send those I'm sure they'll enjoy those the challenge. Yeah. Jesus, send those. <laughs> send those. I'll send you. I'll send you the South African questions. I've got five, and then three uh, tiebreakers. Uh, obviously, okay, I'm very thorough. Details Wakefield, you know, that's how I roll. Uh, Alex, how are you? Um, you said, Adam, Adam, yes? Adam. Yes, man. Uh, what side of the scrum is the tight head prop? The right hand side. There we go. Details, well done. Yeah, sure, it d- depends which way you're facing. No, 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 no. We're all, we're looking from from the arse of the eighth man looking that way so it, you know tight is right left is loose you know I remember is that, that also applied to which eighth man though oh well the uh, <laughs> going in the direction of their try line fuck you Alex how are you <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm okay um, the I would say the the high of beating your guys Dota team over the weekend has yeah. worn off yes Oaks are depressed hey that we lost to games. <laughs> We're like, we can't fucking believe we lost to those folks. <laughs> um, and the uh, the depression of knowing that it, I have to go back to work tomorrow is starting to sit in. Yeah. That's, time. No, that's why. Also, oh, you working. actually you back back to work work, are you? Oh, I've been I've been at work the whole time. It's just that it's the long weekend. Sorry. It's Easter weekend. Oh, but you you what do you call it? You what was I gonna say? Working from home. You were you back to back to working from home. Yes, I'm not going into the office, but I was even at like on call on Friday, Easter Friday. Um, like we we're also one of the sectors that are busy, just like like um, Adams. So yeah, yeah, work does not take up. Yeah, I work for like a consultancy, and we own a few businesses that make essential shit. So um, th- thankfully we we're busy right now because I know. Uh, there's a lot of people having a tough economic time, so uh, we just, I know Alex and I were very grateful that we're still working, as, as is Ben is, I guess. Um, I'm not. So, yeah, I'm uh, not, like, <laughs> like, I'd rather be in one of those sectors where they're not working and just getting paid. Oh, well, I mean, are that, they, that'd be a dream. Do those exist? Because I'm available. Yeah, I mean, uh, are there many of them? Because yeah, can I like, get in on the ground floor? <laughs> well, yeah, I don't, I don't think they're hiring, man. But uh, yeah. that's, I mean, okay. that'd be great. We, we, Just like, uh, we, we've taken on three new staff during the lockdown. Really? It ju- we just get a message <laughs> on the WhatsApp group, welcome whoever, and we all say welcome. Did, and did, then I don't know what I don't know what they do. Like, did, <laughs> do you like that way of, of meeting colleagues? You don't have to go through the rigmarole. Oh, hi, how are you? What department are you? And you, got, you don't have to have to do the small chat, you know. Or do you, or are you really a people guy? Are you the guy like, hey Ben, you like are you, are you the person who walks into the office and like gives them the guns or high fives a guy? You know the real life of the party. <laughs> yeah, in you the know, I'm I'm all about you know I'm all about office morale. I'm all about that 0.13 percent productivity boost. <laughs> um, no, Adam, like, I only talk to people if I need to talk to them. Like why why must I put myself out my way to talk to random people? Uh, so so your name's mentioned is like oh do you know Ben Ben from Tax? Yeah. The, the grumpy motherfucker. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. Well, yeah, they, yeah. they they do know me because I'm I'm one of the two expats in the office. So, uh, yeah. so they just they just call you White Ben. <laughs> huh? Well, there isn't big, another big White Ben. Isn't a, well, I'm a bit pissed off with because there's another there's another guy whose name is Krishna. Okay. Okay. Who's like whatever his his, his given name is Krishna, but okay. his like name is Ben. Everyone calls him Ben. <laughs> Uh, ben Krishna. 
And he's got he's actually got another name that he could use and you don't. So you're Ben too. Yeah, yeah, like it's not like I can call myself Krishna or whatever if I want to, like <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, but no it's Krishna calling him Krishna is a missed opportunity because if you need him to work faster you could, you know, say Hari Krishna. <laughs> <laughs> well that's the thing, we can't. We have to say Hari Ben. Hari <laughs> Ben, that's <laughs> So someone says, hey, Ben, do you both of you turn around and say yes? Is that... Oh, we sit in different places. He's, oh, like, he's like downstairs. So it's, uh... okay. That's it's not as upstairs, downstairs, Ben, at least. <laughs> You've got this, like, class to find. Yeah. It, it, it's, not, it's not as big an issue as I'm making it out to be, <laughs> to be honest. I'm not so sure. <laughs> um, okay, so speaking... I don't know, let's, let's maybe move on. Speaking of issues, let's just get into the news. We've got a bit. Uh, we've got a bit of news to discuss. Uh, then we're going to be chatting a bit about something that just popped up in one of our groups, actually, about... The value of rugby having a proper game, like FIFA, etc., and licensing is a subject I think we're all quite passionate about. And then we have another novelty XP. Thank you, gentlemen, for, for putting it together. At this week, it is Scrum Hard. Alex has said he will die on the hill for the Tide 5, so we will find out about that. Uh, yeah. So the, the first piece of news, I guess we'll start with... Uh, I missed the opportunity for a joke. Maybe you heard it in the intro. Franz Stein, he has announced that he is coming back to South Africa. He has signed a deal for the cheat with the cheaters and will be joining them from the 1st of July. Apparently, he's bought a home in Bloemfontein. He's keen to have his kids educated here. And Stan had played for Great College. I love how they put him in the high school there. <laughs> Great College. Uh, so, he's played for the cheaters, the Sharks, Racing, 92, and the Toshiba Brave Loop. What, that's his lupus. In, in, in SA Rugby Media, Rugby Media, what do you think gets more mention? The EP Elephants or Grey College? Grey College. Grey College. No doubt. Well, no one really talks about the elephants now. Yeah, that's kings. also, they like, they're now the kings. They're the elephants. No, but even, no, there is like a, isn't there No, they do exist, but like no one's going to talk about yeah, them. Yeah, so. No, the there union is does. Isn't it? Uh, the, the Kings and the EP so... Union are separate, Adam. Uh, yeah. They are separate. The Kings that's, and the that's, Union that's are separate. That's part of the problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I guess one's it's a part of the solution. Mm. Oh, he also played for Montpellier. He's joining Ruan Pina, who we all know has been at the Cheetahs, spreading his wisdom. I think this is nice. He's very happy to uh, join. Um, and he, he could provide versatility off the bench, I guess. Play across the entire back line as he did at the World Cup front row, perhaps, as well, if, if we get there. But do you think we'll see more of this? Also, I think we maybe we'll need to reserve a probably future discussion about what Corona might do to the entire rugby calendar. There's been whispers and talk of realignment. This is the chance to do it. The human nature will be, fuck that. <laughs> it's all mine. Uh, good news. Do you see further guys coming back? Also, last one for the cheaters. I think it was you, Matt. He'll be spent half his time in SA, half his time in Europe. <laughs> no, that wasn't me. That was, oh, it uh, wasn't you. Sorry, I thought it was witty, so I thought it was from me. But good news, I guess. I'm also wondering. Yeah, I appreciate. I appreciate, I appreciate yeah. you're, the, you're the weird mother, and Alex is quirky, and then I'm the witty one. I like this. What's the Ben's witty, character? The witty son. Ben's, Ben's the, the alcoholic uncle. Uh, I was going to say the emo kid, but. Uh, but well, uh, why am I emo? I've got a cheerful fellow. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> I don't, know. I don't know. You just, just ranted about Krishna. Yeah, I was going to ask. We should say something to Krishna. So. Oh, fuck, I would just like, if, if, someone called, like if someone called, like, John just decided, no, fuck, just call me Alex. And then, like, now suddenly you have to be, like, Alex T or whatever. What, then I'd have to be Tiny Alex. Yeah, I can't imagine that situation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, back, back to front stage. Good news, I guess. I, I just want to know, who, who's paying your salary? Or did you take a pay cut? Or, or what's I going presume on. he took a pay cut. I presume he's alright. He's probably got yeah. some. I mean, they're paying. Because this is him. 
This is him wanting to finish his career, I'm assuming, as well, call yeah. it quits. Yeah, that's what they said. Yeah. So, I think that I'm pretty sure Stain's also taken a big pay cut to finish his career at the Bulls. Oh, Mornay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. they'll probably build a statue in, in Mornay's honor, for all we know. Uh, someone who's not having a statue built in her honor, uh, and the Murdoch media machine keeps spinning out tripe and bullshit about her, uh, Raiding Castle. She's apparently taken more of a pay cut. She's now accepted a 65% drop in salary. So I think she, her annual salary is $815,000 Aussie uh, dollars. So I, I can't do the math very quickly. She had previously announced that it was 50%. Yeah, she goes to like 200 odd thousand or three hundred yeah yeah and now she's saying 65 cuts i know i haven't checked the recent news so if you've missed this forgive me i know they're busy negotiating with the players on how much of a pay cut they should take and apparently castle i read this somewhere else she is one of the lowest paid ceo leaders what you may call it of an australian sports federation the professional ones anyway so i know she's trying to get that deal over the line i'm just personally sick of the evil murdoch media machine and the Australian rugby crowd again, yes. Give me a sec. Oh, there was a. I know. I was going through my emails this morning, and yeah, there's the there's the pay cut. The two articles from on Fox. There's next to this the one of her taking the pay cut, and there's a picture. The picture of it is her making like a silly face, you know, like she's doing a good thing, but their demeanour obviously. Yes. And then right next to it is her like smiling gleefully. And then she's still, and then they uh, say, reporting that she's still, it's still possible that she could take like a hundred and something K bonus. Oh, uh, yes, that's true. Uh, but she's holding off on And like, I just love that both these articles were like side by side and with the choice of picture. Well, for, for those of you, just a bit of context that we haven't raised about this before, Fox Tell or Fox. We, we did actually raise, a, we well, did raise about it on last week. But uh, we okay, well, about it again. Yeah, uh, yeah um, I, I mean, I've, I haven't coined the term, but this the Make Australian Rugby Great Again crowd, Margo, Phil Kearns and his like, who I think beyond rampant sexism, sexism, that's a part of the reason. I know she's also a Kiwi, which most certainly doesn't help. It's just self-interest that's motivating uh, Murdoch publications. I don't, I don't know who owns the Sydney Morning Herald. Uh, Georgina Robinson's reporting. She's one of the few journalists who's holding on to their jobs. He's been a bit up and down. Uh, overall, I, I just it really makes me angry. It's just how parochial, I guess we shouldn't be surprised, how parochial Australian rugby is. Overall, she had the right to take it to market. Um, and just the reporting afterwards is nonsense. I'm not quite sure what's going to happen to the flower fallout. But yeah, just can, imagine Phil Coons. Can we, can we talk about how, how yeah. Fox have had another round of job cuts though, as well? Like, they seem to have just given up completely on rugby. Well, well there you go. So, so I was going to say a metaphor. Yeah, but who lost his job? Like Doran, the journalist whose name is Doran. Yeah, well. like I'm, I'm not as big a fan, but actually, um, I probably hate him. But like, I don't think anyone. I just find him. To... I just think he was annoying. I like I, it's it's yeah, really actually, a difficult one because I, I do feel bad for all of them. Like a lot of people losing their jobs, and like journalism is a tough gig these days. But Very like honestly, I had such a gripe with Australian rugby media generally. Mm. It's tough for me to like feel super. Like, tra- like I don't, people talking about it like it's a tragedy, and I, I just don't feel that way. Like, I don't think anything of significance to rugby generally has been lost. But from an Australian perspective, it is really sad. So, yeah, it's just one of those things. Yeah, I'm not but, too too bothered about the players. They to, do to, to be the honest, top there's, anyway, no, so. there's no rugby journalist where I see their name on an article, or like a byline, and I'm like, oh, that's yeah, I, I wanna I wanna get stuck in and read this. Yeah. 
What do you mean? Are you, are you not a big fan of what's that K E O? What's that Oak's name again? Kio. Kio. I seriously disagree with a lot of his view, and I don't understand how he has a has like a forum. Like who who's listening to this idiot? Well, well he started he, he started uh, Kio.co.za like way back. Don't you mm. remember that? Yeah. Yeah, but he was always like like he was, like just because you started something doesn't mean like it like it shifts. So who should? No, but what I mean is, like, he, like, it was his platform that he created mm. in the first place. That's why he had a platform, and yeah, it was it was one of the it was one of the premier like rugby news platforms mm. of the time. I would say. Um, yeah, but I, I, started, I, definitely. I, I don't begrudge him that that that's for sure. I'm just trying to remember who um, was now someone the former a former editor. I think about this rugby mag or something. The rugby rocks website. Um, shit, the name escapes me. But he was he used to work for Sorobi Mag, I think. He started that website. So in terms of self promotion, sure. I kind of agree with you, Ben. I find him very obnoxious. Um, and the fact Media Twenty Four, well, okay, look, I generally do dislike Media Twenty Four uh, deeply, just due, due to the, their ownership and etc. Uh, but they also very much cater for the more. I don't know. They just give people voices like, oh, here's Mark Karen talking about this. Why should we care? Same as yeah. uh, Karen. On Facebook, talking about Corona. Anyway, I could I could rage about that for ages. So Australian rugby, they are deeply financially in the mire. We will find out a bit more from it. Um, but yeah, it's also thank you Australia for being you. Particularly just how I don't know. I just I, they they're not going above what I expected in terms of how they're treating Castle, just how parochial it is. It makes the Africa look like a well-oiled machine. Rugby. Uh, quick question. Well, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of glad our dirty laundry isn't being aired at the moment. Yeah. I can't imagine we doing well in this crisis. No, I was actually going to ask quiet. our players. I know they're putting in efforts, and I'm sure they've donated money and such. In terms of their salaries, we haven't heard much about that. So there is a there's no there has been a um okay. sorry I thought we posted it in the group but there's been like sorry, a, a, a <laughs> consolidated bargaining agreement that's reached between all the players. Oh, so okay. basically, South African cool. players have agreed to negotiate like. A, like together so they it's mm. collective bargaining rather than individuals going out and being like fuck you yeah i'm yeah, worth yeah. more than this so they've agreed to yeah. basically negotiate for like across the board cuts are they going to do that on a that's first of all a very south african solution coming together at a committee and collective bargaining thanks you thanks yeah. you um have they done it on a sliding scale like i said the best i don't know that, that's literally well, all the information it, i have it, like they haven't released but the thing is i guess if you're on say three hundred thousand rand a month a fifty percent salary cut is it's significant, but you know you you, you can still kind of live. Yes. But if you're on yeah. ten thousand rand a month, like a fifty percent salary cut, you're suddenly on the breadline sort of thing. So I suspect, yeah. uh, knowing how labor law and rights, and I, I suspect it's probably on a, on a sliding scale. But obviously, we will, we'll find out more. Like, oh, that that makes a lot of sense. Thanks, Alex. Well, I think the the idea is basically that like no man gets left behind. So like even mm. the lowest paid employees, like rugby players, will will get an offer mm. so their salaries will go down but they'll still be like look we can pay you six grand a month to stay at academy yeah you know employee uh yeah. whereas like in rugby in rugby australia they were like yeah listen if you guys are below x pay scale <laughs> then we're just getting rid of you pretty much you're not professional rugby players anymore yeah sorry. so that's like the one good aspect of it and like uh, the quotes there was, i'll send you guys the article after this sorry i must have forgotten to send it to the group but basically they had quotes from a few guys including like um, Peter Steff, who was basically saying like he was prepared to, you know, take a hit for the, for the greater good kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of yeah, like I think I think yeah. it's it's a, it's a good sign. 
Um, another good sign, I guess, is someone really doing that. But no, Jamie Roberts, <laughs> his name has popped up regularly. Uh, as you've noted, he's returned to Cardiff. He has started working for the NHS uh, in a role. I'm yeah. just trying to find it here. Uh, first of all, good I on yeah. Yeah, it's following me. I saw him set up like a mo like a, he's basically at like mobile testing sites from what I saw. Uh, okay, there you go. Yeah, he, he, he's so, sorry, he's man. Going, he's uh, role yeah, he's taken up a position as a clinical innovation fellow, which we'll see and this is from the Wales Alliance, which we'll see um, him working in a motivation role and on the communication side. So he's I know I won't read through the piece, but he's been very motivated about that and he graduated sorry, what, Adam? in twenty thirteen. Yeah. As, as with a medical degree. <clears throat> and he's done a bit of research on Anolf. So he's doing his part. Thanks, Jamie Roberts. Do, do, do you think... Jamie Roberts is... Jamie Roberts is life goals, dude. Like, that guy's so fucking cool. He's just... He's <laughs> just... Yeah, he's basically just... I mean, remember how we laughed about him when it, like, got announced that he was going to be playing for the Stormers? Like, we yeah. thought it was, like, a funny idea. Now, all of a sudden, he's the best person in rugby. Well, I mean, it was a funny idea just because, like... I mean, he was an international. He was, you know, a bit retired or whatever. But, like, in terms of just being a, a human being, he's, like, seriously fucking cool. Mm. Yeah. He, so, he's a compliment yeah. to the game of rugby. Uh, somebody that isn't a compliment, I don't know, the Six Nations, not a big fan. They apparently... <laughs> sorry, I didn't mention... Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> cool. uh, out of the entire Northern Hemisphere. <laughs> I don't know. I know just the organization because they didn't want to compromise for World League. Anyway, apparently a second Six Nations might be played in November. As Rabbi tries to find a way to obviously mitigate their losses, etc. Um, I'm sure the clubs will have a lot to say about this. And this does mean the All Blacks, Wallabies and Springboks won't travel to Europe for the autumn tests. Um, so that might happen too. So I'm sure there's going to be well, a lot of. We, we might have to play. We might have to play rugby championship then if everything. Comes yeah, yeah, I mean, games, yeah, games kicking off at like seven at night and shit. So you can't. I know what well, we play super rugby the hardest summer, but uh, yeah, a lot of water to to go under this bridge. So I think the calendar is going to uh, change quite dramatically as well. Uh, so I saw Mark. I saw his face. Oh no, never mind. Okay, down Castle, down that one. Oh, and uh, Big Joe. Everybody, does everybody remember Big Joe Fanny Kirk? Of, yeah, yes. uh, well, yeah. He, 39 yeah. now, he's apparently living in a jungle in Costa Rica where, where he runs an organic farm called Rama Organica. He spoke to the French publication Media Olympique, Olympique and he just noted that if doping was widespread in the game during his career. What, sorry? Uh, apologies. Was it oh, doping or wasn't it recreational? recreational. recreational. He, d- yeah, he doesn't believe that there is organized doping in rugby, but he does feel that rugby is too harsh and people caught out for taking recreational drugs. And he, as he says, spending a player for six months or a year because he took cocaine in the evening seems like an exaggeration. Rather than whipping and destroying, we should accompany players, reach out to them and help them. So in a sense, this is the classic um, treatment versus punishment debate. And Big Joe falls, side, falls on the side of treatment. Uh, I think Big Joe has always been a colourful character uh, in South African rugby. The fact that those are Costa Rica shit, um, <laughs> who, who knew? He played for these tests with the box, which I forgot about. He makes an interesting point, I guess. I mean, it's the the rabbit hole in this one's quite deep. What what do you think of his thoughts? Because he also he did rage about alcohol. Well, rage is the wrong word, but he, he said that they, there's a lot of booze in rugby, which he doesn't doesn't like. And he also spoke a bit about uh, marijuana as well. Thoughts? Yeah, oh, it's, it's it's one of these things where it's kind of becomes a the division between your sort of your private life and your professional life because in a way if if guys are 
doing recreational drugs. It's not, it's not helping them be better players. It's obviously harming the game in other ways because, you know, you don't want your, you don't want your sport associated with recreational drugs. But yeah, like suspending them from rugby, which is probably quite a positive thing in their lives, probably isn't, isn't really helping. In my I have opinion. a take on this. Uh, how is it different in that case from Israel Falah sharing his personal religious views? Yeah, like because yeah, if it's harm, if if we're saying Israel Falah was harmful to the brand of rugby because he set a bad example for other people, can't we say the same for James Slipper being a cokehead? Yeah, no. Well, this, this is former cokehead, maybe. But, but, former, yeah, yeah, rehabilitated, sure, and <laughs> and through rugby. So I'm not I'm not trying to I'm, I'm playing yeah, a little bit of devil's advocate. No, because no, I do you... kind of believe I do believe that rugby does play a big role in people's lives, especially when there is like a degree of substance abuse, for sure. Um, but I think we just need to be careful about like where we draw the line between someone's personal life and like their professional uh, role, because we do we have said in the past, and I, I think for good reason, that rugby players aren't more than just professionals; they are also role models. And if we're going to embody that, then we need to do so. You know, in every aspect, and we can't, I think, limit ourselves yeah, to substance I, I guess, abuse. I guess my, my sort of argument is that, but yeah, because what what I would say is that Izzy Falau's attitude is harmful to society at large. But if you know someone is doing kind of cocaine in their own time or whatever, it's not really hard. It's only it only becomes harmful once it kind of becomes exposed. Sure. Because I I, I do think that. If Izzy Falau, you know, thought horrible, horrible things about gay people, but he just kept that to himself, no one would have really, well, yeah. no one would know. So it would it would be a non-issue. But because he chose to voice it. Yes. But, but that's, I mean. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand what you, yeah. because I the mean, thing, what, what poses it, it's the media that kind of bring it up. But it's also, yeah. I mean, think about, so, so it's someone like James Lippel, Carmichael Hunt, um, like a lot of these guys, because it is like a massive substance abuse problem in rugby, obviously. Um, yeah, I mean, like that's, Japan had to switch off their league for a month before yeah. Corona. They don't play. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, in in the case of like Izzy Falau, or let's yeah, so he can he can be a private worshiper in his own right, let's say for example, and and there's no harm done. I agree with that, and, and that kind of was the case. Like everyone kind of knew he was homophobic, but everyone was like, you know, if he's going to do his thing at home, so be it. And it was only once he once he became more vocal about it. So that's when the role model argument came into play. But with something like substance abuse, there's also a sort of in-house role model effect. So when you've got a senior player like a James Slipper, who everyone in the in the locker room knows enjoys a bit of white powder on the weekends, how does that then play into the younger players coming through? So maybe that's something like that Big Joe's also not really taking into account or something that one of the reasons why someone like Brad Thorne is so hard, so harsh on it. Because yeah. um, like it's the in-house role model effect as well. I don't know, just a thought. But uh, no. anyway, so from, from a personal perspective, it's, it's, I actually I actually agree completely with John Funny Kirk. Like, I think that should be the general approach um, in terms of like decriminalization. Um, but with rugby, like, I think it is complicated when you're the guy in charge, like Brad Thorne or someone who's responsible for trying to, you know, essentially develop manage a club made up of a lot of personalities and, and a brand at the same time. Mm. So it is tricky. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That is tricky. Um, well, I was trying to find a segue for the word tricky. Well, I guess the people who elect World Rugby officials, they have a tricky oh. time of it. 
coming up apparently in November. Bit of a stretch. Uh, Augustine Pichot, the, the current vice chairman of World Rugby, the one we all love, because he at least has a progressive agenda. Sorry. <clears throat> He's running to for the leadership of World Rugby against Bill Beaumont. I know that uh, Laporte is apparently Beaumont's uh, proposed vice chairman, taking Pichot's place. So in Pichot, to quickly give a summary, is just well known to be a big supporter of the World League. He criticised the World Rugby rankings when Wales were on top of it. He sent out a tweet, I think it was last year, when he gave percentages of the different nations and the amount of foreign players making up these different nations' squads. I know we've spoken about World Rugby regulations in that regard before. But yes, he is running for, for the presidency. Um, and it's re- it creates, the, again, the north-south dynamic, because World Rugby has traditionally been dominated, hence my... Uh, innate displeasure with with the Six Nations, the unions, the rugby is fine, but the unions itself, they have generally the home unions have dominated world rugby, which even though uh, it is a world game. So uh, what I want to know is what's motivating him to run. He wouldn't run if he was going to lose. So I'm interested to know who's supporting him. Uh, I imagine the Southern Hemisphere are. Um, you never know. Like, like there's some weird because remember when South Africa felt like we had the World Cup so enough, but there's oh, like they oh, they're heavy oh, undercurrent. Makes me so angry that. Don't bring that up in. Oh. <laughs> I hope it gets corroded out that World Cup. Yeah, and they keep throwing us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. You never know. Wow. And they keep that's throwing like three us. Years away, dude. That, that's some dark. That's some dark fantasy. And they keep throwing Jesus, us. Been on my second side for the next three years. Yeah, it's keep... worth it to they... not let France have their day in the sun. <laughs> yeah, well, they... like, for some reason, they have to shift it to like Ireland. Because they're like, ah, oh, France is still coroned up. You can oh, have it on yeah, the imagine they, they're forced to shift it to South Africa. That would be great. Yeah. Um, well, they keep throwing us peanuts, peanuts events, like oh, the World Sevens World Cup and that sort of stuff, in, in a way. Because, uh, we, I, I don't know, but uh, yeah, I'm still angry at World Rugby for that. And France buying the World Cup. Essentially, that's that's also why. I yeah, but, that's, but this is this is this is kind of what I'm getting to is that. Yes. Because the thing is, Bill Beaumont wields a lot more influence behind him. Yeah, they can just go, they can go to like Kenya or whatever and be like, okay, well, fuck, uh, England will come on a development tour to Kenya. Okay, cool, you have our vote. Go to like, you know what I mean? There's no real like I like to me, Pisho, He's not backed by anyone significant because basically the money in rugby comes from the UK. Uh, yeah. No, 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 no. Maybe, I think uh, I don't know. This is what he's been talking about. Um, his three-point plan, not point plan, just in terms of his manifesto that he said he'd run. This is a critical election, running for chairman, read plan below. It's in Spanish, so I don't know what it is in English too. But his three main points are secure the investment needed for our future, support both established and emerging nations. He's always been a big proponent of tier two nations, and create a global game. So I, I'm sorry, I've just Googled who sits on the World Rugby Council. Um, just to understand who he would have votes from. Maybe the Southern Hemisphere? So that's four nations. Uh, let's see, Australia. I'm not quite sure how it works. I need to do the math. But look, the Tier 2s will be in his camp as with the Southern Hemisphere. But naturally, I imagine Beaumont had support of most of the home unions. Except the Irish. Yeah, assume, you, you never I know what the Irish are up to. So, uh, I assume, the Irish like, are six, the ultimate wild card. They are Charlie the Irish. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, the six nations are going to vote, vote with Beaumont. Yeah, well, that's Just, the problem. That it's like the way that the power, block needs the, to be broken up. That block the way power is concentrated, yours. Uh, more importantly, something, something we're very passionate about that we mentioned. He also tweeted that 
I'm trying to find it. I can't find it. That rugby needs a game. He he, a, a new game that people can play. He he knows what Jonah Lomi rugby. Uh, we've all spoken about rugby 08, but in the time of Corona, when everybody's stuck indoors and playing a lot of games and whatnot, rugby is missing out because the last game that people could really play. I know there's rugby manager that full noted. I saw in the group that was released uh, in 2017. I checked all the reviews. The reviews are the gameplay shit. Yeah, that's like you've got to, the, the only people who enjoy it are like diehard rugby fans. Yeah. So yeah. Like us, I should download it. Yeah. So essentially rugby is missing a huge missed opportunity. Uh football's got tons of games. I know someone who used to live below me used to work for EA. Sorry. A friend of a friend of a friend told me Rugby's biggest problem, she says, just from a high level, is the market isn't quite big enough to to market a game like that because rugby is so disparately spread around the world. Uh that but that aside, I imagine World Rugby should come up with some funds. They're missing out. Um surely. I think I think beyond well, beyond the gameplay, this is like it's a great marketing tool. Why haven't they done anything about it? What what we were saying in the group is that a big sort of a cost of a sporting game, which you don't necessarily incur in a, in another type, say you're just making Call of Duty or whatever, is the licensing, because you you now you have to pay to you have to pay for all the players' rights, all the teams' rights, all the you know it just becomes a bit of a you know because you like. Well, we can't we can't have England and not Wales, so you have to pay the both unions for the license. We can't have South Africa and not New Zealand, so you have to pay. So it becomes exponentially more expensive making a sports game than making another game, especially compared to say um, the American, say like Madden or whatever, where it's all centralized into a league. So it's a lot easier to to just buy the one sort of wad of rights. But you yeah, know, rugby, well, you would have to buy, and there are loads of different leagues spread. Low, obviously, uh, for FIFA, they manage it, but that's because there's a They do it through FIFA. They do it through FIFA, though. Yeah, if they, they did it through World Rugby. So, so what, what we were suggesting is that one thing they should do is just centralize the rights and pretty much give them away for free, like all the naming rights, all the team rights, whatever. So they say, as a condition to enter Super Rugby, to enter the Rugby Championship, to enter the Six Nations, whatever, you have to give up your, well, basically give your rights to World Rugby. And then World Rugby give those rights to, for free. So anyone who wants to make a rugby game can use all the team names, all the players' names, everything. Because then suddenly, you know, it cuts out a big expense and it incentivizes video game companies to actually try and do this, which I don't know if they are. Because at the moment, they're probably like, you know, it's not like the juice really isn't worth the squeeze at this point. I'm just thinking now. So all the all the rights in that, here's a strange one. So who has the rights for the kits? Because obviously the manufacturers sell the kits. So do they retain the rights and just essentially license the kit to the team? Because then you'd have to get all the kit manufacturers as well. Well, that's a, yeah, but there must be a, because FIFA does it. So there must be a... yeah. No, I agree. It's just, yeah, it's, it just seems like such a fucking quagmire that, to get through all this shit. Yeah, well, that's, but that's why World Rugby, I think, needs to actually help here. Yeah, yeah and that's maybe. why Pichu would be a good idea, then. Yeah. Pichu, Pichu, Pichu. Pinochet, the famous dictator. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I initially, that was initially... It is eerily, eerily close to I, I was Googling that, and I just kept coming with the dictator. I'm like, no, I must be getting this wrong. <laughs> can't be, can't I don't know. Be, I don't look, I mean, my, my thing on this, like, just, I feel like you guys have covered it, but um, I think we just need a change, first of all. Like, I think it's, it's just time that we had a different perspective in world rugby. Because um, yeah. I feel like we've been, we've been doing things the same way for a long time. 
Um, and then I, I agree with him 100%. Like, I, I think that there's, there is enough market for a rugby game to invest in, to develop something a little bit better than rugby 20, which by all accounts is, is pretty crap. Um, and yeah, I mean, frankly, I, I think that we are missing out on a big opportunity because I think games nowadays are not just entertainment. It's like one of the big ways in which, um, sports engage. Yeah. And market. So. Well, a, a lot of people on Twitter and stuff were saying that they 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 don't watch football, but they can tell you the the Arsenal yeah, start lineup. Yeah, because of FIFA. They yeah. can, yeah, because yeah. of FIFA. So it is like it's a big sort of um, like entry level for a lot of people. So if yeah, could you, sure. say say yeah. Alex plays Madden in South Africa. Yeah, and I I actually started watching American yeah. football like late at night on a Saturday night because of the Madden that I play, not because. I, like for me, it didn't go the other way around. Yeah, so yeah. you you watch football for Madden, well, because Correct. of Madden, not exactly. So yeah, yeah I, I I do think that rugby really, you know, can do with all the help it can get, really. Mm, um, yeah. And 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 something else uh, that that Phil brought up when we were talking about world rugby, like how unlikely they are to kind of give free licenses. He was saying you can kind of see from the attitude with how they always like copyright a guy like Squidge. Yeah. So then we were saying they should probably rethink that licensing as well and basically only give people rights to the games for like 24 hours or a week or whatever. And then after that, it just becomes public domain. So people can be making content of rugby things for free, kind of giving yourself this free advertising. Yeah, the problem is the money men would, would go into the offices of where are mostly old white men and say, no, we're losing revenue. Which will stop the revenue Because what what's what's the value in a in a week old in the footage of a week old super rugby game? Yeah. Highlights. Yeah. Yeah, so but, but, I mean, yeah but what's but the I mean, financial value? I, I don't know. <laughs> they're not making I mean they've sold the highlight rights already. They're not make once mm. they've sold the rights, they're not making they're not making it's not like syndicated Serial, serial television. They're not making replay money. It's not like old episodes of Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. Yo, friends. Uh, I was going to bring up Yo, the whole can... friends collective bargaining thing too earlier. So... Sorry, guys. Oh. Crying, crying baby in the background. No, no worries. So, I'm... I just had a look. Out of interest, sake, I just had a look on Twitch. There are 11,000 people watching FIFA right now. There are 5,000 people watching NBA 2K. And 600 people watching Madden 20. Yeah. Well, there you go. So, so they are at this very moment. What is that? That's 17,000 people watching sports. Yeah, digitally. Uh, I mean, the esports thing. Should be oh, no, well, that, that's watching people play a game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's like put watching it, put people. Put it into context. Play. That's, that's probably... like 10 Australian derbies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Well, it's same as, like, I mean, we could go to the prize money for games like Dota 2 and all, all that sort of thing. Just, but one, one thing I wanted to mention, you, met, you Alex, how playing the game make you want to watch the sport, or forgive me, I don't yeah. get the detail there. And Netflix yeah. they had that very good documentary, uh, Drive to Survive, about F1. I used to watch F1 yeah. when I was way smaller, but watching that adding a bit of drama and narrative, that's what, uh, yeah. that's what, like, I want to start watching F1 again. Just because of that, but now I'm getting to know the drivers a little bit, so on and so forth. Not quite the same dynamic. Rabbi could use, I think, a documentary like that. And season two is also interesting noting how Ferrari and Mercedes got involved in the app as they were missing out. Um, the cross-promotion 
the potential's massive. So I think Ward Rugby are kind of missing a trick. I'm sure the financials are complicated, blah, 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 but in principle, they're certainly missing a trick. Uh, there is Rugby Challenge 4 coming out soon. I don't know when that is, yeah, when exactly But that. the thing is, it doesn't, it doesn't not, have the right. Isn't it? I don't know what it is. Yeah, so, All the right. Yeah, everyone looks... Some, everyone looks slightly wrong. I mean, people I've want to play, as, to play as Vili LaRue, like Phil. Phil would just, like, die to play. As, as Vili LaRue. Vili LaRue. You know, that's what they, they might call it or something like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he might become Philly LaRue, which will be, <laughs> like, that'll, that'll be great for Phil. Yeah. Uh, but something uh, okay, look, we'll, we'll cut it off there. But very interesting discussion. But I do think uh, the sooner we can get a rugby game, the world's been crying out for it. Well, the, the rugby world anyway from there for a long time. You know what would be good if we had a rugby game? We could finally make our teams of just scrub halves and just props and stuff and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Ben, I think we so, discussed already last last week what will happen to the scrum half team. Uh, so, so one of my one of my favorite YouTube streamers on Madden um, is a guy called he's called Not the Expert. And um, he's done a bunch of like really great uh, like uh, Madden um, series on YouTube, which is like another thing like Matt was talking about with Twitch. It's the, the added content of people mm. who can like you know, generate rugby content if there was a decent rugby game. And one of the series he did was he made like a full team out of each position, like we've been doing with our oh. novelty 15s, and then simulated their games against each other and put it up on YouTube. And then he would commentate the games, so the, the PC would play against itself, and then to see like which position essentially was the best overall. Um, so like you can do that kind of stuff. It's like there's so much you can do if yeah. you've got a computer or a, cons- a console game. Um, and an imagination, um, which were yeah, like, well, the thing, the, but like there's so much creativity in on, in gaming nowadays, just from independent people, like not even through companies or professionals, like just random people on Dota, I mean, on, on YouTube and Twitch um, <laughs> and Dota. Um, you know, like there's just, it's, it's you just it's produce free, the game, you push it, it out it, there, it, and then the content yeah. produces itself. I mean, what would, uh, so sorry, Adam, speaking sorry, of content just... creators, huh? yeah. sorry, what? I was going to say, so when I was teaching, me and the other South African, we shared a YouTube account at the school because it was easier to see what video we were playing for the kids and that. And then he started watching Squidge's videos just because he kept seeing the thumbnails and he actually started following rugby again last year. Because, basically because he picked up Squidge's content. Oh. Ben, you are going to say something? So, do we know what uh, what sort of uh, principles Paul Beaumont's running on for the selection? Uh, I, I don't. Assume classic old boyism. I was going to say yeah, the status quo. Uh, I'm, I'm, so. I'm guessing, yeah, I'm guessing it's a uh, nothing, nothing. Why well, pick something that isn't broken? But yeah. I just wanted yeah. to be sir sure. Bill Beaumont. Oh, I forgot he was a sir. Uh, let's see. Gotta hate blah, English. Blah 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 blah. Nah, I, I'm not sure. But definitely. well, that's the thing. Like he probably hasn't even bothered to write anything down because he knows he's so fucking establishment that it's out of hand. But. Mm. Uh, oh, so I'm just looking at his Twitter feed. He sent out a message about washing his hands. That's true. Oh. Is that a metaphor? Like, is he is he throwing up throwing the towel into the race? Yeah. Well, there's been a lot of <laughs> there's been a lot of um, let's see, like COVID stuff and all that sort of thing. So I mean, he's the guy in power. So it's always easier to run as the opposition in a weird way. Let's look at uh, Bill, uh, Joe Biden. Be, it's easy to point fingers, but we don't, we don't even get that, get into that. But how? 
moving on. So we uh, got the novelty XV on Scrum Halves, uh, Alex. So if you could please kick us off and, and, and uh, de- de- detail the Type 5, and then we can go through okay. the rest of it. So the Type 5, um, I, I don't know. You guys are welcome to challenge me, but I, I feel pretty confident about this Type 5. So um, Lucid Prop, we've got Piri Wipu. Um, obviously, like towards the end of his career, he became a bit of a chunk. But he didn't lose any of his skill um, or pace because he didn't really have that much. Pace. <laughs> so he, was, he was pretty skillful. But um, I just feel like Piri, Piri's the guy to anchor the to anchor the scrum. <laughs> um, that. And um, to then to to support him on the tight head, we've got Tanya Lamoa. Tanya Lamoa, for those of you who don't know him, um, is just an absolute beast. Uh, let me try and find his stats. He's He's one, listed as 1.82 meters, 102 kgs. That's, That's a like scrum half. Life. Yeah, he's he's a monster. Um, so yeah, I think I feel like between the two of them, like it's almost cheating actually, considering how well they're gonna they're gonna, they're gonna <laughs> the front row. And um, we need then a, a bit of a bulldog for a hooker, um, someone with a bit more sort of attack. Um, and for that reason, I've gone Ricky January. Um, oh. I don't know if you guys have seen Rick January late, lately, but um, only in like blurred CCTV. Yeah, someone <laughs> on someone on Twitter video. said he oh, was, yeah. he was last seen. Someone on Twitter said he was last seen eating his way through the French Division Two. <laughs> um, and he's just yeah, he's developed into quite a big lad. Um, but I think even before he sort of went overseas, he was like when he was at Stormers, he was already pretty chunky. So I yeah, feel like was... he's and he's he also he's got the bald head, like he's got the classic hooker. Like bald head, right? So I think I think um, it's a pretty natural fit. Then, so that's the front row, and they should they should tip the scales at about three fifty or so, uh, which is pretty good. Well, if we give them like a week to bulk up, especially. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Uh, yo, um, we don't know what kind of condition Perry is after retirement. Like he's, he's been doing like, like podcasts and interviews and stuff. He's looking pretty big. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll tell you for free, pod, podcasting is not a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, no. I can confirm that. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's a stagnant lifestyle. It's a stagnant lifestyle. Um, okay, so then moving over to the second row, obviously we need a bit of tall timber for the line-out. So uh, in fourth jersey, in number four jersey, we've got Mike Phillips uh, from Wales. He's the enforcer. Uh, he was, yeah, he's the enforcer. And, like, he was just known for being, like, a massive, even... Like, he was just tall. He was a big guy. Like, for a scrum off, he was very big. Um, 191 meters tall. And he also weighed over 100 kgs, according to Wikipedia. So that's kind of what we're looking for. Uh, and then to join him in the second row would be Ron Pinar, who was sort of, like, I would say he was pretty average height for a, for a, a fly half. But uh, for a scrum off, pretty tall. Yeah. He was above average. I'd, I'd go that what far. I'd say he was above average. He was tall. He was tall. He was like 1.87. Uh, average. Yeah, let me, let me see. I remember reading a thing that was saying, yo, Ruan Pino would have, like, a generation before would have played lock. He's 1.87 meters tall. So he's over six feet. Yeah, over six feet. So uh, oh. he's two centimeters shorter than Bismarck. So, yeah. Well, there you go. Um, I mean, did, did they compare him to Bismarck? That's nah. an unusual player to compare no, height I just, to. They just said oh, people also com- search for. <laughs> so, yeah. They compared him to, uh, to um, Tiger Woods. <laughs> <laughs> Famously, Peter Davidis say it was the Tiger Woods of rugby. I, I don't know. What does that mean? Do you guys remember that that quote? No. No. Yeah, anyway, 
Sorry. Um, so. All right. So we got that. That's the tight five. Do you guys want to? Do you guys want to get in on that in the meantime? Can, I, mean, can, I, can I just say, as a, as a general comment, I feel so sorry for the ref in this game. Oh, this is going to be so much chirping and back to back. Especially if TJ Perinara and Aaron Smith are there. Fuck, those guys are in there. Also, I'm just going to say... This ref's got to say, I only want to speak to the captain like three, four hundred times. <laughs> I'm also... The, the one issue I've got with the tight five, but I think that's just okay. in the inherent nature of picking a f- 15 out of nines. As much like we were going to struggle with jumpers last week with the props, I think they're also going to struggle a bit with jumping in the lineouts. I don't know, because like like I think Pinar's got quite a good build for a jumper actually. Mm. You think so? Yeah, like like they they won't go you know they won't go like they won't throw a lot of four ball. It'll just be quick two ball where it's more about I suppose. speed than no, getting up yeah. in front. Of me. And, and so, theory, so, yeah. they have great hats. So and they'd also I mean look let's not forget uh, Faf de Kirk has jumped in yeah it's true in lineups before so yeah it's not like it's it, it's physically impossible. I mean if anything's no, going to no, be no, easier. No, than no. That. No, well, that's you know, the thing. It's maybe, that, maybe that's what I would think. Like having Pino and Phillips lift like a flank would probably yeah. be the play here. That could work. Um, okay. Well, all right. So, do you guys want to then hear the yes the the, the loose forwards? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So loose forwards include number six, Faf de Klerk. Um Oh wait, did we change this? Uh, no, uh, no. Okay, no, we we didn't. We we were thinking about it. So number six, we got Fafter Clerk, and that's mostly just because we feel like he's like a compact version of Scott Berger, like a zoomed out version, like a slightly further <laughs> yeah. away version of Scott Berger. Yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe the team. Hey, it's Scott. Hey, we don't go close. <laughs> Wait a sec, that's Scott Berger. I oh, know it's Fafter Clerk. Um, and he's standing right on top of me. <laughs> yeah, he's like right <laughs> under my nose. <laughs> hey, Scott, it's Scott. Scott. I'm, I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, and then number seven, we've got Just Fun Investhazen, who I think most people would I probably. I think he played be. as a seven. He, yeah, he like yeah. filled that role certainly for a lot of the time. I think most people would be inclined to agree that he was like a pretty hard hitting, um, like scrummy, right? Yeah. So I think that qualifies him. Um, then eighth man, we currently have Augustine Pulu. That's what I've got done. But that was with a question mark, so I don't know if you guys want to get in on that and see if there's any other nominations for eighth man. Uh, well, look, Pulu did love a gap. He fuck, he just, he loved. Yeah, he's also like, he was just aggressive. Like he was Very quite good. a yeah. He's baller. So I don't know. Uh, oh. See, I, I recommended that Ryan Lawrence from the Rebels just because he's a big guy, yeah. right? Mm. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't really know much about how he plays. I mean, I don't think he's particularly good. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, he's 27. <laughs> he's been caught doping twice, so I don't know if that's the quality we want. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. Maybe he's only been caught doping once. I apologize, Ryan, if you haven't been caught twice. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll take I'll take Pulio at eight. I am, I am a little. I'm just trying to think. I'm worried about height. If, if I was thinking of Louis Schroeder, it is it is the. No, no, I, I'm gonna put. I, look, there's the hill I'm gonna down. Louis, Louis Schroeder is not on no, this Louis team. Schroeder, <laughs> Louis Schroeder shouldn't be in teams as a scrum half. Agreed. 
Okay. Actually, that's I think that's the one where one place triggered. Like, Louis Schroeder can play scrum off in this team, and we've already said no scrum offs can play scrum off. No, so uh, Louis our, cho- our choice, our choice for scrum off is better than Louis Schroeder. Yeah, okay. Anyway, <laughs> moving on, moving on. I'm fine. Okay, so yeah. moving on. Um, so uh, all right, our, our halfbacks in that case, number nine, Cheslin Colby. Yeah. So yeah, that's fine. I mean, so the, the nature of these things is that we don't pick the positions in the like the guys in the position. <laughs> the rickest, the rickest so, Rick. Yeah, there's no such yeah, thing. Yeah, so like last week we had uh, we had non-props at prop for the prop 15. So this week we've got a non-scrum off and scrum off for the scrum off 15. But they have, they have to still be someone who can play that mm. position, yeah. which I think in this case is... Yeah, is like do you, know, do, you know how many, do you know how many Afrikaans people will be happy about that selection? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nick Mallet's going to be so stoked. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. Uh, yeah. But uh, then he's paired up at uh, with with Freddie Michelak at ten. This is a little bit of a cheat, a little bit of a cheat because Freddie Michelak was mostly known as a fly half, but he did play a lot of scrum half in his time. In fact, I think he started his career at nine. So I've got Freddie Michelak at ten. I think it makes sense. Mm. Um, obviously, he's we know he's a good fly half. So yeah, I mean, I think I think it works. Um, cool. Then the centers, uh, I've got Gareth Edwards at 12. Yeah. Gareth Edwards, yeah, I mean, he's one of the all-time greats. Like we, yeah, Gareth Edwards, I think, needs no introduction. Um, but the reason I put him at 12 is like a sort of dual playmaker. I almost put him at 15 just because I think he was so good with space. But I feel like we just won't get Gareth Edwards' hands on the ball as much as possible. Um, now, outside center, I've got two options. Uh, and you guys can balance me. The first one is uh, Justin Marshall. Yeah, Seal's pretty big. Yeah, for a scrum. The other one was Bill Genia. and the reason is I feel like uh, you know both of them were pretty good, like sort of defensive, defensive nines. Like they read the game pretty well. Um, so I don't know. Like they, for me, they're a bit of Lucanio and outside center. Um, is Brad Weber anywhere in your team? Promise he's. Well, I guess that's a problem. Brad Weber's not in my team currently. Hmm. I wanted Brad Weber. We 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 discussed. We, did, we had Brad Weber at like 12, 13. I had so. him at. I liked him at fifteen, but I prefer our fifteen. Yeah. Like the one. Well, Weber can provide coverage off the bench or for the entire back line. Yeah, <laughs> which, which is what I think. Come off, which is yeah, which is what the Chiefs are doing this season. We're doing at one point. Um, I'm just trying to think. To me, Will Genya, I don't like Justin Marshall because I think he's, like, I just don't like his personality. <laughs> but I think he's better. I think Will Genya is too much of a scrum half for this team. Like, he's too specialized. Exactly. Same with someone like Aaron Smith or George Gregan or, you know, they just, they're pure scrum halves. Yeah. Well, maybe. Uh, I, I can, I can understand that. Um, maybe Tate McDermott? Mm. Yeah, it's a bit small. How many times have we said that today? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think like, Tate's also just like a bit sort of raw. There's also like. Jonathan Ruru, but he's not. I mean, he's just big. He's quite a big, big scrum half for the Blues. So I'm gonna give out that linchpin. I mean, I'm okay with Justin Marshall. Um, yeah, I'll play Marshall. Yeah. Hey, can I, can I just Marshall. point out that this this is a lot of retired guys in this team, which I think kind of shows current scrum half stocks globally aren't actually great. Mm, perhaps I mean I think it's also maybe they've gotten more specialized whereas like guys like Just 
think like he was quite big for a scrum half, so like might not have played scrum half in the modern era. Like they might have preferred him as like a center or something. Yeah, I guess. Mm. I don't mm. know. All right, well let's uh, let's keep the train rolling. So we'll, we'll okay. More Left wing is TJ Perinara. Right yeah. wing Quibbers Reinhardt. I don't know if you guys noticed, but his dad used to be uh, a Springbok wing. <laughs> oh really? Um, oh, and you, then you, you'd think the commentators would mention that. Huh? Yes. That that also maybe that he was an SA hurdler. No one mentions that, huh? No, that's no, no one ever talks about that. It's so weird. Um, and then fullback, obviously the one and only, in my opinion, the best scrum off ever, through Dupre. Yeah. Now it's a little controversial having him all the way at the back. Is he going to be involved enough? I kind of thought about switching him to Gareth Edwards. Uh, no, I don't he's know. your rock, you bro. No, he's your rock at the back. I mean, his I boots, his, his boots better than most fly halves. Um, and he's just that. It, like, there's a lot of instinct in this team. You need someone to really bed shit down and, and create rhythm. He wasn't really a tempo flower. It was more of a rhythm. Um, excuse me. Seat flower. Scrum half. Just, I mean, he never had the quickest path. 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 What are you on today? Sorry, pass. But I even went... As with, co- with, the with, coffee's wearing off. Yeah, with, with, <laughs> yeah it's wearing off. Uh, but he always created great rhythm with his teams. Like, I don't know, it's hard but, to describe. But also, he, he, always, he was always in the right place. Like, yeah. think, how many, think how many balls he Make caught. Make good decisions. Like, like, the teams would just kick like a random kick. You'd be like, that's weird. And Free Dupree would just be there catching it. You'd be like, how did he know the ball was going yeah. there? I don't understand. Just a, a, and that's a, that's a great quality in a fullback. Yeah, just an intelligent player. And his defense was, was, was solid. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I, okay. I can't do that. Uh, do you have a quick bench for us before we wrap up? Uh, I don't, so you guys are welcome to populate. Uh, I'm just trying to think who's, like, blitz. Oh, br- yeah, I'd say Brad Weber. He's, bl- he's blitz as well. Um, he can provide some some pace off the bench. Um, Yankees. He, he's also got... I don't know what position he would play, though. <laughs> not, not not up front, I don't think. He usually just shoots out the line to try catch oaks. So, uh, but depends. He's part of that, that sweeper system. I'm just trying to think of the, the Northern Hemisphere guys. Um... Who's the French nine? He's also really good. Uh, um, like I almost said, uh, Dupont. Uh, and the Irish guy's pretty good as well, but he plays a Yeah, section. it is Dupont. Antoine, Antoine, yeah. Antoine Dupont. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he kicks a lot for the French, so he could be yeah. an option of 15. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so when I was doing this, I was like, the fly-off's obviously got to be a French scrum up because they, yeah, yeah, yeah. they like to cheat yeah. by, being good at, <laughs> by being good at kicking. Uh, cool. Oh, well, I have nothing further to add, Oaks, if, if, uh, if we're going to call it a day for, for this episode. I'm good. My baby seems to have gone to sleep, so... Nice. Yeah. Enjoy yeah. your time off. Yeah, it'll only last about 15 more minutes, but it's yeah. nice while it lasts. Indeed. Um, yeah. Well, Alex, I guess, uh, thanks for sending that, that photo. It's like uh, chaos, or not. It's, it's quite cute. Um, thank you very much. Yeah. Good, good luck for the rest of the day. And, and thank you yeah, thanks, you too. Good luck for your point, uh, your, your oxtail. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to get stuck into that right about lunchtime. I just need to do, do a bit more work, and then I'm uh, going to play computer games for most of the day. That's, I need to that work. fantastic. To, to I would right. like to join you, but probably won't. Yeah. Uh, ben, thank, thanks very much. Please tell uh, Krishna that we all say hi. If it's online. <laughs> no, I'm not telling Krishna. Fuck all. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. um, and Matt, thanks, thanks for joining us uh, as well. Yeah. Oh, pleasure, pleasure. Always good to be here. <laughs> yeah. uh, obviously, if you have been listening, thanks very much. Uh, we hope you're all keeping safe, and we will be back next week to talk about God knows what. Take it easy.